But basically yep. two days, the entire thing was shot. Yep, pretty much. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and what they said, too, was we did more races in those two days than they have done in the past five years combined. No way. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, guys? Today's guest is a member of Hollywood Freerunners on the newly released World Chase Tag Competition. Please welcome to the Jamcast, Mr. Kyle Soderman. Yo, what's good? What's I'm glad up, to be dog? here. Dude, thanks for making this happen, man. I know. I'm super psyched. I know. I just recently saw you like uh, like a week ago at Jam for like a fight workshop and stuff, and I'm like so glad I got to see you and like put it in your ear to get you on here. Yeah, dude. I've been, it was, I haven't told you this yet, but this was actually one of my goals for the end of the year to get on Jamcast. <laughs> I wanted to surprise you with it. So, so worked out yeah. flawlessly. Yeah. So when I saw you were doing the fight workshop, I was super down to do it. And then of course you came right up to me and asked me so I was like yeah yeah man and it works out perfectly because like literally at, uh, with the timing of this episode world chase tag is literally premiering like the night before this is being released which is great for the world and I was already gonna like get you on here because you've actually amassed like a really solid following on TikTok for your <laughs> yeah. parkour and like I guess ninja warrior obstacle course following and stuff yeah dude I, I literally don't know where it came from because I mean I post everything on Instagram and then I started TikTok like a year ago started posting on it and then I posted like one of my Ninja Warrior runs and it just blew up and my following just like skyrocketed. And now ever since then, it's like been going good. I've kind of leveled off. So I've been trying to push stuff out basically like every single day and figure out how to work that algorithm again. Keep Get growing. Back in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Like last time I checked you, like had amassed over 400,000 followers almost. on that. Yeah. I think I checked this morning. It was like 427. So oh, dude, I know. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy how that happens though. Like literally could just take, like you said, one video to just like spark the interest of the entire world into what you do and stuff. Yeah, totally. No, I love it. That's crazy, man. And uh, just like along the lines of your background and stuff, before we get into talking about the show, um, obviously like your username is Minnesota man, which is a great play on words, but also like plays into the fact that you were from Minnesota. Is that where you born and raised or where are you from originally? Yep. So pretty much born and raised in Lionel Lakes, Minnesota, which is basically the northern suburb of Minneapolis and grew up there doing all sorts of action sports and fun Grew up with two older brothers, basically beat okay. me down, which is kind of <laughs> what made me tough. That's so funny. I literally was watching like a Joe Rogan podcast yesterday and they were alluding to the fact of like all these tough guys and how they literally were beat up by their brothers. And that's what made them like such monsters and stuff like that. So that's funny to hear. Yeah. And like what sports did you grow up playing up? And at what point did you discover, I guess, parkour and then like obstacle courses? Yeah. So I kind of had a weird raising uh, I played basically baseball my whole life and then I just followed the path of all of my two older brothers and they started snowboarding so I started snowboarding <laughs> they did BMX so I did BMX so basically once I got around high school age I got bored of baseball and just went solely action sports so uh, my two big sports growing up were like BMX and then I was a competitive snowboarder too and you can totally see that in my parkour style too, doing like the 360 pre's, all of that. That makes sense. And yeah. as far as parkour goes, I actually like, I didn't ever really say that as a parkour athlete. I just like jumping and doing precisions and doing flips. And really, I never even got in a parkour gym until I got like a parkour certification to be a coach. No <laughs> yeah, way. like 22 years old is the first time I actually went in a parkour gym. So that's wild. Um, on top of that, basically any action sport you you can think of, 
what, like longboarding, skateboarding, motocross, competitive paintball, basically the whole gambit of action sports is what I kind of got into growing up. Sick. That's crazy. That's actually a really unique, a unique like start. Cause a lot of the guys that we have on here, like either did martial arts or started, yep. they, they crossed over like you, but they definitely had like a defining point in their like adolescent or teenage years where they like actually were like, okay, parkour is a sport I'm going to do, but you were just kind of just jumping around and kind of stumbled upon it a little later. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, like I literally didn't even know I was doing parkour when I was growing up and everyone thinks of me as this like parkour athlete because yeah. I do all the flips and all the precisions, everything. But I mean, I, I honestly like wasn't part of the community at all. <laughs> at all. I just like, <laughs> I just love doing it myself. <laughs> that is crazy, man. That's wild. And with that being said, like, so is it safe to assume that everything was self-taught as far as your quote unquote parkour technique and even just your flipping abilities and stuff? Yeah, hundred percent like basically everything I did was self-taught or pretty much taught by my older brothers I remember when I first learned to backflip I literally like went in my backyard started and it was winter in Minnesota of course so I had the nice cushion of snow so I just went off our deck and like just started like doing flips off of it and then I did something lower did something lower until finally I was on the ground and what we actually ended up doing is I had my middle brother Dustin spot me and I put like one of those pool new or a pool inflatable like yeah, little beds like little that basically sink together. when you try to lay on it <laughs> I laid that down for my matting and I just started hucking myself until finally I like landed back on my feet for my first backflip crazy and how old were you when that happened you remember like oh I was probably around like 10 years old or something okay so you've been fascinated yeah. with it for a long time oh absolutely yeah. I mean I've basically from a young age became fascinated with like how to do flips and how to like do tricks and do jumps on a bike. And for whatever reason, I became completely fascinated with learning how to fall. Ah. So no matter what I did, I just wanted to know, like no matter where I am in the air, I'll be able to land on my feet and like roll out of it. So even though I didn't really do parkour, I was basically doing it in my head, trying to figure out, okay, if I wreck on my snowboard, I know how to roll out of it. If I wreck on my BMX bike, I know how to roll out of it. So I really haven't gotten too many terrible injuries just because I don't know why, but I became (laughs) obsessed with falling. Yeah. Body awareness is key. Definitely like plays a part in like action sports, like guys like uh, that I've interviewed before, like William Spencer, for example, has never formally trained parkour, but he can literally hang and like used to train with Daniel Labaka just from the fact that like he had such good body awareness from all the skateboarding over the years. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. That's crazy, man. That that's super dope to hear. And then at what point then do you actually like get into a gym setting because I know at one point you were actually teaching classes or you were like a staff member at like a gym back in Minnesota. Yeah. So, uh, the first time I really ever went into a gym setting was for like Ninja Warrior. I found out about Ninja Warrior when I was in college and that was probably about six years ago now. And I went to this basically backyard gym in this guy's garage (laughs) and like started training Ninja Warrior and I totally fell in love with it. And I actually basically ended up quitting snowboarding to kind of pursue more Ninja Warrior and like really start training at that. So we went, went to the gym. I fell in love with it. And basically a few months later, um, one of the other ladies who trains at the gym approached me and my really good friend Hunter, you probably see him all over my Instagram. Lizard, Uh, Yep. The lizard. Uh, she approached us and it was like, Hey, like, do you guys want to help me build out this gym? So we ended up building out obstacle Academy 
And that was in the original location. Me and Hunter built it with Sarah. Sarah's the Mm -hmm. sole owner of it. And I was basically coaching more so like the parkour side of it as well as Ninja Warrior. And I did that for about a year. Okay. Yeah. That is crazy, man. And so like your first introduction to Ninja Warrior-ish, like you said, was going to that backyard gym and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. How long were you officially training and stuff before you got the chance to actually compete on the show? Because the first time you competed, it wasn't on the solo show. It was on the Ninja versus ninja competition right kind of kind of yeah <laughs> all right so explain this Dude, yeah i have such a crazy adventure with just being on tv shows because my first opportunity was actually on ultimate Beastmaster. yes which i've seen you on the on the poster for yeah yeah yep. I've seen, yeah yeah okay yeah so which actually is still on netflix you can see my yeah. face every once in a while i'll see it pop up <laughs> but uh was that season two that you were first on yep okay. so season yeah. two I got on Ultimate Beastmaster, yeah. and when we actually filmed the show, it was before they even released season one. Oh, so wow. I had I knew it was an obstacle course, but I had no idea. You didn't like, have like a reference of, of seeing it. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the first time like we rolled up to the course was like legitimately the first time I ever saw it. And it was like this giant dragon, but yeah. Uh, yeah so first time on the show was on Ultimate Beastmaster, okay. and the thing with that is it's. A competing television show with American Ninja Warrior. Yes, it is. So that basically disallowed me from being on Ninja Warrior for like two years, I think. Yes, because of so, non-competitive contracts. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And that was, I think, back in uh, December of 2016 that okay. I competed on Ultimate Beastmaster. So I basically took the next couple years and trained my face off for uh, for Ninja Warrior. And I was okay. like, okay, like if I can't compete for like a year, two years, like that's cool. I'm gonna destroy every single competition outside of the tv show and then when it comes time for me to actually get on the tv show i'm gonna just go as hard as i can on it crazy Um, and that's when we were able to do ninja versus ninja where i was with the owner of the gym sarah Schobach, and my buddy hunter gerard and we killed it on that show and then the following season which would have been like a year and a half ago now Finally got on the actual American Ninja Warrior. So crazy. What a crazy journey to finally get to that point and stuff I know. like that. And the thing is, like, through the whole process, I was so heartbroken that I didn't get the first call for American Ninja Warrior, mm-hmm. which then led to me getting the call for Ultimate Beastmaster. Beast uh, and, like, now that I think back, I'm like, dude, I'm so glad I didn't get on American Ninja Warrior the first year because <laughs> if I did, like, I probably wouldn't have been ready. I would have been, like, okay. Yeah. So... I'm just real happy with like the journey that came came to be from that. That's crazy. And those two years in between, uh, when you weren't able to compete on Ninja Warrior and stuff like that, that's when you were doing like all the Ninja Nation competitions, or like what what were you doing in between those two years primarily? Basically every single competition. So there's all these gyms like Obstacle Academy that's yeah. popped up, and now there's leagues like National Ninja League. Yes. So I've basically been going out and doing as many competitions as possible, and cool. I think at this point I probably have like twenty plus first place finishes. Totally. So it's been a freaking wild ride, and uh, yeah, I've just been trying to get as many first places as possible. <laughs> that is crazy, man. That's crazy. And now, not to bring up a sore subject now, but uh, on your uh, actual like season of Ninja Warrior, yep. can you just let people out there know like what obstacle it was that kind of took you out, so to speak? Yeah, so the city qualifier night, yes. I would have had fastest time, but went for the 18-foot wall. I wanted that money. But I was going <laughs> to ask you about that. So, there, so yeah. for those that don't know what he's talking about, uh, at the end of the, the run, 
there's the warped wall, but then they had it added this additional one that's like four feet higher. Is that right? Is like four or five uh, feet higher? So it's 14 and a half compared to 18 feet. Okay. So yeah, so almost four feet higher. And if you choose to do that, what's the bonus? You get paid like an extra cash bonus. Is that right? If you make it? Yep. So if basically if you made it on your first try, it'd been $10,000. Yes. Then I think like second try, 5,000, third try, 2,500. Okay. And I didn't make any of the three. And I believe it was my first try on it that I literally had like my fingers on top of it. I've seen the clip. I just yeah, did you not grab lock it, it in. <laughs> Damn. Uh, but I mean, it was whatever. Um, so basically that got me on to the next round, which had been uh, Los Angeles City Finals, where I, again, I had a freaking killer run going yep. up to it and rolling through and then the salmon ladder. Yes. The one obstacle that literally every single ninja knows how to do. <laughs> And like, if I'm not mistaken, like from what I've seen, it just looked like one of them was like a little offset as far as like the balance or something like that, right? Like what, what do you think went wrong in your head? Or I'm sure you've analyzed it tons yeah. of times. At this I mean, I, I can speculate and make excuses all day, but their uh, counterweight's a little bit funky on there. So yeah, yeah. they actually have a little bit of weight to pull up the bar and make sure it doesn't like come down and smash anyone on the head. Yeah. So I think what happened is I like bounced out of it. And then as I was kind of bouncing into the rung, the weight hit and kind of popped it back a little bit, which made, I think, like my right side or left side pop out and just drop down in the water. Ah, oh, that's yeah. so crazy. And so the thing with that, too, is if I would have landed that last rung and touched the next obstacle, yeah. I would have been on to Vegas finals. You, you would have qualified far enough. Yep. Ah, oh, it's so brutal, man. I'm sure that moment is replayed in your head tons of times. Yeah, but honestly, like, I've literally been doing competitions my entire life, okay. and to me... The show Ninja Warrior isn't actually a competition. It's TV show first, then a competition. Cool. So I wasn't like I was heartbroken, but I wasn't just like torn apart because of it. I was like, dude, that sucks. But like on to the next thing. I can go do all these competitions outside of the actual TV show. Yeah, totally. Now that's super cool. And then just just a question that I had in general, um, like when you went for the warped wall and you went for like the one that was 18 feet, had you ever had a chance to train on one that's 18 feet high? Kind of. Okay. So there's actually one in Minnesota. I think it's still the tallest warp wall there is. Okay. It's 21 feet. Whoa. <laughs> is it the same uh, gradual slope? or is it So that's more? the thing. It okay. has much more gradual of a okay. slope. So I would say it is harder than the 18-footer, but, I mean, it's it's hard to say if, how much harder it is because it's more of a gradual slope. Totally. And, they're all, every single warp wall is different, but yeah, I've actually, I was the second person ever to do that warp wall, the 21 footer. Okay. And I think like handful of people have made it since then. So crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that is wild, man. That's wild. And so like, just in regards to like the one that took you out, have you continued to like practice salmon ladder or are you, is it just like so far in, in your rear view that you're like, ah, oh, when I approach it, I approach it like any other obstacle. Yeah. I mean, okay. it, it's it's ingrained in there. I've never, ever fallen on a salmon ladder before this, so I know how to do the salmon ladder. I have totally. the strength to do a salmon ladder. <laughs> it's just now I know going forward, going into the actual season of American Ninja Warrior, I'm going to just do it slow. Yeah. Like, it's not worth trying to speed through it, and that's kind of what I was doing and what, why I think I probably fell on it is just because I was trying to speed through it. Um, but I think just going forward, I'll take that one slow next time I get to it. Yeah, that is, that's super funny. And that's something that I've actually like noticed from a lot of people. There are some people that approach it pretty systematically and slow. And then there's other guys that I can just tell that they want to have the fastest time. Like they just want to qualify first and stuff like that. Yeah. And is that, that, is that like something that you have to just basically control as far as like your own personal ego and goals and stuff like that? Like when you approach the show next season? 
So I'm, I'm actually very analytical when it like comes to the obstacles okay. and everyone thinks I just like blast through everything, which I do and I try to do, but I do it for a good reason. Okay. Like when I hit, whenever I hit any obstacles, my goal in mind is to get off that obstacle as absolutely fast as possible okay. for the reason being of saving energy. So I don't want to be hanging for 30 extra seconds when I could do it twice as fast, cut out any sort of extra backswings, anything like that, when I know I have the physical capability and basically just trusting my body to be able to do any of these obstacles fast so okay. that's more of my mindset going through and just trying to save energy going through the course because you see so many people pump out yeah 100 percent. that honestly looks like probably one of the hardest things is like uh the muscle fatigue and then i also know that just in general like the the filming conditions it's not always the easiest like you don't know what time you're actually going to go on and compete and i know some people have complained that they went <laughs> and competed at like the wee hours of the morning and late night and they just yep. like physically and mentally weren't prepared and it caught got the best of them dude it's literally the worst like everyone thinks like oh they're competing in la it must be like nice and warm overnight <laughs> but no we're doing like LA in February yeah. where I think when I competed in LA it was like 40 degrees that night yeah. and it was drizzling <laughs> <laughs> perfect for an obstacle yep. course yeah. and uh I actually remember I had like 101 temperature no way <laughs> yeah. crazy yeah I was like dead sick for like the week going up to it and I had like this audition for Action Horizons Waterworld so oh. I was like swimming in cold water like the day before it was I mean, it's fun, but that was probably like one of the worst experiences of my life. I mean, it's a good thing it was pre-COVID because they wouldn't have even let you in if your temp was that high. Now. Oh <laughs> yeah, not, not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And so like, I got to ask the question, do you have goals of competing on the next season or like what's in store for your Ninja Warrior journey from here on out? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Okay. I plan on going back, assuming they have me back, which I imagine they will because they've been doing... Uh, stories on me, Hunter, and our buddy Jake. Uh, they just did this like full feature on us on this past season, even though me and Hunter weren't able to compete. Totally. Okay. Yeah. That's super dope, man. And now along the lines with that, with uh, you being on like shows, you've actually like, besides Beastmaster and Ninja Warrior, you most recently are a member of a new show that's actually going to be premiering on NBC Sports. Is that correct? Yep. NBCSN. Okay. NBCSN. Okay, perfect. And for those that, that don't know what we're talking about, we're referring to World Chase Tag, which a lot of you probably have seen on YouTube which is where it took off and became this like viral sensation where literally some of the races have like, you know, tens of millions of views. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've had it, someone on the Jamcast before, Tavon McVeigh. Mm -hmm. um, he's can't come on here and talk about it. And I'm really stoked to see this actually like make it onto a platform because uh, when, you know, when Ult Ultimate Tag came out, yep. a lot of people's biggest criticism was that it was a rip off of World Chase Tag yeah. <laughs> and that it didn't like do the same exact thing. But, you know, lo and behold, World Chase Tag has now made it onto its own platform and yep. it has staying very much true from what I've seen uh, to like the original format. Yeah. And so with that being said, like, um, I feel like there's no better person than to talk about <laughs> than someone that actually competed in it and stuff like that. Uh, but before we do, like, had you seen World Chase Tag before? Like, had you seen the videos on YouTube and did you have an understanding of like what you were getting into? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what I actually first saw it on was probably like a year or two years ago on Facebook and it ah, popped up yes. so many times. And of course you have all those people who like tag you in it and send you. And it's like, yes, I've seen this about yeah, 20 yes. times yes. before. <laughs> Same thing with like Ninja warrior stuff. Anytime, like the little girl running through the Ninja course pops yeah. up, I get tagged in it like 20 times. Totally. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've seen it on Facebook for a couple of years now. And I was like, dude, like I want to do this because 
that sport is basically all of my strengths put into one. Yes. So I've been wanting to do it forever, but it's always been like overseas in Europe. Yeah. And then, of course, my good dude, Omar Zaki, who's been on the Jamcast before, yes. he, he hooked me up and put my name forward. So a huge shout out to you, Omar. Perfect. Yeah, I was just going to ask like how you got the call for it and what was your introduction to it. Um, and obviously, Omar, you're saying, is the one that put you forward. Yep. Um, and with that being said, like I know there are... There's a lot of teams. There's, what, 16 teams that are competing on it, our total? or Yep, uh, I believe it was 16 teams, and then to basically start the first few episodes, each set of teams were broken up, four teams per group, and there was four groupings. So. Okay, and how many people are on your team, and what is your team that you're representing out there? So I'm on Hollywood Freerunners. As you can see on the jersey, um, it's basically Diddy Darnell's team that he put together, okay. uh, consisting of me, Omar, uh, Miguel, Antonio, Dale, and Justin, okay. and we're the six athletes, so each team has six athletes, and yeah, you just uh, go up against the other teams and take them out. That's super dope, and for those that like haven't had a chance to see it before, like hopefully you'll get a chance to watch it now that it's premiering on NBCSN, but you can also check it out on YouTube. But for those that have never seen it before, what would be the best way that you could like summarize the format and the rules of how it's played? Do all six guys get to play, and like, uh, what's the duration of time that you guys are out there chasing each other? Yeah, so basically each matchup is 20 seconds on, 30 seconds off. To where it's very technical. There's a lot of technique to go into it and who you're sending out. So you don't have to do necessarily a lineup, but you can choose which athletes go out when. So okay. if you're the first guy out, you can be the first and the third guy out, depending on how you feel, how your team wants, or who, who's the best person to go out at that moment. Ah, okay. So basically, it starts off with rock, paper, scissors to see which team evades first and which team chases first. And assuming we win uh, rock, paper, scissors, that means that we're going to evade first. And the only way to get points is to get an evasion. So if you as an evader can get away for 20 seconds within the quad, then your team gets a point. Now, if you get tagged by the chaser, there's no point to be had. And now that chaser becomes the evader. Ah, so okay, in order okay. to get a point, you actually have to get a tag unless you're the starter if that okay. makes sense. Okay. Um, so basically once that tag happens or the person gets away, there's only 30 seconds in between each matches. So it basically is designed to wear out the evader yes. and makes it very difficult to get multiple points in a row. Ah, so, okay, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's why I was like doing so much sprints, so much cardio going into this because I knew like you're going to have to go back to back to back yeah. going all out for 20 seconds straight, which 20 seconds might not seem like a lot, but when you're sprinting away from someone, it, oh, totally. it is. <laughs> no, I mean, for those, for those that don't know, I mean, like, you know, Usain Bolt is, is most famous for running the 100 and 200 meter dash, and those are 10 and 20 second races. Yeah. And so, like, if you're doing literally, like, what's considered, you know, the race to determine the fastest man in the world multiple times in a row, like, you're going to be gassed more than anything, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was crazy like, I, I didn't even expect like how bad it would be but <laughs> dude it's bad <laughs> that's that's something that uh that, yeah I feel like you you never realize till you're like in the actual competition and now with that being said like before we get a little more into it like just a comparative factor what do you think you were more prepared for like ninja warrior or for world chase tag I mean honestly I would say ninja warrior just okay. because I've literally had years to build up to it makes sense but that being said 
all of my Ninja Warrior training transfers almost perfectly over to World Chase Tag. Okay. And like in my mind, World Chase Tag is easier than Ninja Warrior just because the obstacles on Ninja Warrior are designed to make you fall. Totally. On World Chase Tag, they're there, they're set, they're yes. not going to move on you. It's not a rolling log. It's not going to make you flip off. So um, in that sense, it, it was honestly easier for me to kind of get used to world chase tag crazy okay and now like i know like before we even get like further into the show i know one of the unique things about it is because of the current like situation that we're in right now with covid and quarantine when you guys first flew over there to atlanta right that's where you guys actually had to be quarantined in your hotel rooms for a certain amount of time and the funniest thing that I saw was uh, you and Omar were roommates. Yeah. I just kept seeing these Instagram stories of you guys doing training within your little small yeah. hotel room back and <laughs> forth. Yeah, dude, it was it was honestly hilarious because we were like we were getting very stir crazy. So obviously, every single parkour athlete like <laughs> just like hypersensitive to like having to sit in one place. So everyone's doing like parkour lines in their hotel rooms, and we actually had like a guy from like team tempest under us and he was like texting us like dude what are you guys doing out there because we were like jumping around uh so if you guys want to see that clip definitely go to my instagram because they're pretty entertaining yeah we'll put some of on the screen right now that that is so funny man and now how long did you guys have to quarantine for and uh once that happened like how long did you guys get to practice on the course before the actual competition started yeah so i think it was two days two and a half days total that we were actually like quarantined within our room. And then basically for the whole time after that, they're basically like, okay, like don't go with anyone other than people that are here for the competition. So we had our own little bubble created. So hopefully no COVID gets in, uh, which I believe for the full run of it, we didn't have one person get COVID. So that was was fantastic. Um, And then I think the day before we actually competed, we had 45 minutes on the quad so not that's a lot it. of time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Which is kind of cool, though, because then at least it kind of makes it fair and like an even playing field, I guess, for all the competitors in some sense. Yeah, more or less. I mean, because it was a USA only competition, yeah. there is very few people who have actually competed on the quad in past seasons. Totally. Uh, one of the teams being GNF, who we went up against on this past episode. Yep. So, uh, yeah, most people had no idea what it was like. So for the most part, it was even playing field, except for maybe a handful of athletes that were there. That is dope, man. And so how, like, within your own team, how did you guys determine your lineup and your matchup, so to speak? Did you have, did you guys analyze the competition? Do you, like, have, like, uh, information regarding, like, who do you think is the fastest on their team? Like, how are you able to do those matchups, uh, I guess, on the first episode, if that makes sense? Yeah, so, I mean, we did look at the other teams, and we were basically, like, we have no idea how <laughs> any of these guys are going to do. Perfect. <laughs> Other than GNF, because we've watched videos on them before. Yeah. Um, so going up against the other teams wasn't necessarily a tactic point. It was more so, okay, who's the most confident? And I put my name for it. I was like, yo, you guys, like, I know I can go really fast. I know I can get away. I'm, my goal going into this is never missing a chase. Wow. Yep. And, like, that was 100% my mindset. So uh, they ended up letting me go first, and then we yep. kind of made our lineup from there. Basically, we had one very confident person in the front, one very confident person in the back to kind of anchor it up. But other than that, I think our lineup was mostly the same for the entire competition. Okay. Yeah. 
That is super crazy, man. And yeah. now, like, just from the, like, things that I've seen out there, uh, like, you know, some of the chases are, like, super epic. Like, it, it's just really crazy to see. And you see some guys get banged up by, like, oh, yeah. attempting things. And, and the platforms, are, are they made of wood and metal? Is that what they are? Yep. So okay. it's, like, key clamp, tr- or not trussing, but um, basically scaffolding. Yeah. And then wood platforms on top, which, I mean, they sanded all the edges, so no one was really going to get cut up. But, like, it's all hard surfaces. So if you go down... <laughs> You go down pretty hard, and if everyone watched the episode last night, they saw Omar take quite the digger on the knee, and his <laughs> knee was like straight black and blue. But like he kept pushing forward, so I'm Dude, I'm impressed. That is insane. That's insane. And now, like um, for those that have like you know never had the chance to actually compete in the competition before, this is one thing I wanted to ask, which is uh, when you're when you're the evader and you're trying to run away from. Uh, somebody yep. are you actually peeking back to take a look at how close they are or are you just more concerned on your own individual path and being confident that if you have a clean run you'll be fine yeah so what i actually noticed throughout the competition is the and watching past years so yep. that's what we did to prepare too is we watched basically every single youtube video of people who did really well is every person who is just like beelining it and doing their own path they're usually end up get, getting tagged. The people who are doing the best is basically the people who ran the entire time peeking back. Wow. So, like, if whoever goes back and watches this first day and all, all the competitions, like, watch me running, basically my eyes are almost never straightforward on where I'm going. It's always cutting the difference between the tagger and whatever obstacle I'm doing, which is another reason why, like, Ninja Warrior stuff comes in such handy because... I'm, I trust so much that I'm not going to fall on these obstacles because all I'm doing is vaulting over them and yeah. striding them. So I can look back while I'm doing like strides or vaults or whatever. So it makes it much easier to cut when you see the chaser cutting in to basically cut off your path. Okay. And now yeah. I do know, like, I had a bunch of other friends who were competing on the show. So, like, I kind of got insight into, like, a bunch of different teams before the show went down. Uh, and some so. of them had, uh, had discussed, like, they were going to, like, yell out, trying to help each other out by being like, you know, watch this, watch this. Do you find that advantageous or disadvantageous? Like, do you prefer just having it quiet so that you can focus? Or do you prefer having the help of your team, like, giving you pointers and tips when you're out there? Yeah. So, basically, we actually did do, like, a great game plan that actually worked out very, very well. So we made two calls because we didn't want them, like everyone yelling different stuff, not really knowing what to happen. And this actually came from my days playing competitive paintball. Uh You have call outs on where, what bunkers they're in. I was like, okay, like what super easy call out can we hear even if you're like totally in the zone? So we came up with two, which was go, go, go and cut, cut, cut. So basically, go, go, go was just keep on going on your path. Yes, yes. And when you hear cut, 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 it means cut back because the chaser is actually cutting in to your path. Totally. So make a, a directional change. Yeah, which 90% of the time you didn't need at all, at least for me when I was running because I knew where the chaser was. But every once in a while, like you're diving under something and you don't see them. And I, I actually remember specifically one time, like Omar totally saved me because I slid under something and then I heard cut, cut, cut. And I just cut back without even seeing him. And then the person came right around. I was like, oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> so plan it actually worked. worked. Yeah. <laughs> Flawless victory. Okay. That's crazy, man. And what do you prefer? Do you prefer evading or tagging? Uh, definitely evading. Okay. I mean, it's how you get points and uh, it's what I feel most confident in. I mean, I definitely feel confident in tagging because if everyone watched the episode last night, then 
Uh, I have not missed a tag yet. You guys are going to have to keep watching throughout the rest of the season to see if that continues. But uh, like I said, that was my goal going into it. So uh, basically my idea is get the tag and then just build up as many points as I can evading. Okay. And do you find one more difficult or easier? Like obviously you have a preference to being the evader, but do you think it's more difficult to evade or to be the one that's actually trying to track someone down? I think that very much depends on people's skill sets. But uh, for me, I find... I mean, probably evading more difficult because you have to basically try to trick the other person. Whereas when you're chasing, at least for me, like my top speed and my acceleration is going to be faster than basically anybody out there just because that's my strength and what that's what I feel very confident in. So whenever I'm chasing, it's I usually don't cut because I can just sprint faster than them and get the tag. So that, that's kind of my game plan going into the races, and it's worked so far. Super crazy. And now kind of like you just alluded to, obviously only one episode has uh, actually aired on television right now, so like we can't blow up and talk about the results or anything too further into it. Um, but with that being said, like how long were you guys out there filming the entire show for? It was what I believe was eight days total, something about that. So it basically involved going out, quarantining for a couple days, getting practice, doing uh, like headshots, B-roll, because they have this whole production going on. So it's actually a lot like Ninja Warrior to where like we do interviews, we do B-roll, we do like hero shots, all of that. So I think we took a full day or two to get all 100 plus athletes through that. And then it was two days of competition, which, yeah. uh, So only two days total for competition. Uh for, for everyone, whether because uh, we can't give away like if you guys qualify to that and stuff like that. But basically yep. two days, the entire thing was shot. Yep, pretty much. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and what they said, too, was we did more races in those two days than they have done in the past five years combined. No way. Yeah, so this I mean, was a huge sense. undertaking. With 16 teams, I mean, you'd have to get a lot of races in. And I was yeah. going to ask that, like, what effect do you think that had on you? Because I guess that's like a blessing and a curse in the sense that, like, if you're doing it within two days... um, did you actually feel soreness in between matches enough that it affected you? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. two days almost doesn't give you enough time to fully recover, obviously, for the next day. No, absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> and it was something we were all dealing with. So yeah. it's not like someone had more rest time or anything. Like we are all getting beat down because, and it really depends on how many races you run. Of course. And for me personally, because I was running first, for most of the matchups that we've had so far, I think I've got, I went like two or three times. Yeah. yeah. For every single matchup. And for each time I went up, I was usually on getting a tag and then getting like one or two points on top of that. So I was like going back to back to back <laughs> to back and you get like 45 minutes, not even in between the actual matchups. So for this first episode, we did three matchups in the day and had maybe, 15 minutes to a half hour in between matchups. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, it was very brutal. And, I mean, not even just the fatigue of it, but, like, you're sliding, you're banging into Mm -hmm. the ground, you're hitting stuff, you're nicking an elbow here. So, like, you just had to keep your adrenaline up basically the entire time before you felt it at the end of the day yeah i was just going to ask about that because that's like honestly one of the hardest things to for people to deal with is like the ability to deal with your adrenaline rush more than anything which is like when you're in it you can obviously you can be like superman but as soon as that crashes or if you miscalculate the timing of like when you're going like it can have a really really adverse effect on things and so 
yeah, to hear you guys filmed it in two days is pretty insane considering it's going to be like played out over the course of like eight weeks on television or something like that. So yeah, dude, it was, it was rough. <laughs> I definitely crashed at the end of it all. <laughs> is there anything that you would have done different? Like obviously barring, we can't talk about the results or yeah. like, you know, mistakes you made, but is there anything you would have done different in your preparation in order to have further excelled at this? Honestly, no. Like I went, if, if whoever wants to see, like go to my Instagram, I have a, a highlight story of road to WCT. Totally. I think I knew for three weeks in advance before competition and I did basically 20 minutes nonstop of sprints every single day, minus maybe two or three days every okay. single day up to the competition. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So like I, I went into it in the mindset of if we don't win, I want to be the most prepared out of any other athlete there. And I personally feel like I was, and that's why we've done so well so far in the competition, at least myself. Yeah, totally. And now this is like a question I kind of was just curious about too, um, just because you're someone that's actually done Ninja Warrior. For a long time, there was like this, like, I feel like <laughs> false belief that a lot of people were like, uh, to be good on Ninja Warrior, you need to be a parkour guy. But obviously, from the people that we've actually seen that have like for, uh, won the competition, uh, rock climbers actually became one of the like most best suited skill sets to being on Ninja Warrior. What do you think is the best skill set for World Chase Tag? Do you think it actually is parkour athletes? Because this may, I guess, be like one of those beacons of light for guys that are parkour athletes. Like yep. this could be one of the one things that they excel at. You know. Yeah, no, I absolutely love it for the parkour community because they've needed it. I mean, they've had small shows here and there in the past, totally. Ultimate Tag, which, I mean, more or less is just a TV show, not really a competition. So this coming out for parkour, I feel like, is going to be absolutely huge. For who's going to be best at World Chase Tag, I do want to say parkour athletes, okay. but more so parkour athletes who also jump into other sports and who are very proficient in other sports because... I feel like I have done so well so far in the competition because I'm not just a parkour athlete. Yeah. I've done really well because I have so much more awareness other than just doing vaults and just doing flips. I have been snowboarding my whole life. I've yeah. been doing all these other competitions. I've been doing Ninja Warrior my, for the past six years of my life. So I think anyone who is well-rounded as an athlete or an action sports athlete is going to do best in the competition. And that being said, the best way to start the journey into world chase tag, I think hundred percent is parkour. Okay. Yeah. Good to hear. That's cool. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's just cool to actually see a show where it looks like that is a skill set that probably trans translates like super, super well to it. Cause for a long time when I used to watch Ninja Warrior and everyone was like, are you going to do Ninja Warrior? Like you're a parkour guy. I'm like, yeah. no, like I, <laughs> I'm like, absolutely not. Like yeah. it doesn't cater to any of my strengths. I have, I have no ligaments in this hand. So my nope. grip strength is non-existent on this hand. Right. And I feel like grip strength is one of like the biggest assets on Ninja Warrior. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. It's, it's totally transformed over the years where okay. parkour people are killing it at first, but now yes. it's basically climbers. Basically if you're not a Ninja Warrior athlete, you're not going to do well on Ninja Warrior. Totally. The obstacles have gotten so advanced that no parkour athlete alone or even no rock climbing athlete alone yes. is going to do well because you have to be a Ninja Warrior athlete and actually train on these different, weird, unique obstacles. Super crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. And now, obviously, like, with the, all this being said and the fact that you've been on, like, you know, multiple shows for these, like, reality-based competitions and stuff like that, um, I know that you've also, like, pursued, like, uh, or you're starting to pursue, like, a career in the stunt industry. Yep. Um, did you actually do live shows as well before? Like, I think you alluded to, like, that you auditioned for some, but did you actually do any live shows? Yeah, so I've basically been in L.A. for three years come this January. Yeah. 
And the very first, before I even moved out to LA, actually, I booked my first stunt job on a music video. <laughs> yeah, like, I think it was on backstage where I just like posted yes, whatever okay. and ended up booking a job like as I was driving out to LA. No way. It only paid a hundred bucks, but a hundred bucks is a hundred bucks. Totally. Uh, so I did, did that job. At that job, uh, one of the guys was auditioning for Action Horizons, who yes. does all of the uh, shows at uh, Universal, Universal Studios. Studios. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I basically went for the Harry Potter show, Waterworld, and then the Velociraptor show, ah. which isn't really a stunt show. <laughs> but what I ended up getting was the Velociraptor gig, and ah, like okay. thank God that I did because I've made so many connections through that. Even though it's not specifically stunts itself, it's just being able to make a little bit money out in LA, but oh. also like meeting people who are in the industry. So, um, to this day, minus COVID, I've, I've still been a dinosaur. No way. And for those that don't <laughs> yeah. know what we're talking about, uh, can you explain like what you actually have to do? Um, cause like I've been to universal, so like, I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about and I've seen the clips. I'll probably throw it up on screen, but uh -huh. like, can you explain what, uh, what a Velociraptor show entails for those that haven't been to universal? Yeah. So basically it's like the worst 20 minutes of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes i love the honesty yeah i don't know if you've ever talked to any of the other performers for that show but it is so bad but oh, it's honestly like God. it's so much fun um and it's like a 110 plus pound suit yes. in the middle of summer with like 100 degree <laughs> weather it's so 100 pounds yeah Bro, and i'm on like 10 12 inch stilts no way <laughs> yep so i'm in this thing that doesn't breathe well it's super hot but like you get to scare people and make kids cry so yeah, yeah that's cool <laughs> that is so crazy i didn't yeah. know it was that heavy okay yeah it's very heavy um so basically it's a very lifelike velociraptor costume that we come out of the paddock we walk around do pictures with all the guests we roar chomp scare people and then we go in and then i think we get usually like a half hour break or so and then we go up back out for a 20 minute set crazy yeah and then there's always like the tamer i guess or the person that has you yeah yeah like we that. got the person out there talking making jokes yeah. having people like come up take pictures and everything so it is a fun show for the most part but like you have to have the right mindset going into it like i go there at the start of the day i was like okay this is gonna suck yeah but i'm gonna like laugh and have fun with it and how many times do you think you go out in the duration of a day because obviously you said there's like intermittent breaks in between is it a full like eight hour day that you have to do those shows or is it like a smaller shift uh so usually it'll be around three to five sets in a day okay. so like a three set day you're only going out for three 20 minute sets so it's not terrible but like you can't really do more than five because like your legs will be dead because you're actually like squatting in the suit too. Oh, wow. So not only do you have like the whole costume on, you actually have to like squat down in order for it to look good, especially me being like six feet tall. tall yeah, yeah. You have to like really squat down so like the feet and the legs actually look real. And what are you controlling on the inside? Obviously you're on stilts and stuff like that. Like are you puppeteering stuff on the inside or like what else are you having to do when you're in that suit? Yeah. So basically I control everything. I okay. control the mouth. I control the blinking i control the roars and the chomps so it's almost like a fighter pilot handles and you can like chomp and roar and like you move around the head and everything so crazy yeah and then obviously i have to walk around too 
crazy. And now like I've done suit work and, and costume work over the years. Is there a fan built inside internally or? Yeah, but it doesn't, doesn't work. <laughs> so those you probably are, yeah. know. It, they, dude, I've been on so many shows where like, yeah, we built in a fan system. And I'm like, I don't care. It's not going to work. Especially yeah, like, once cool, I'm moving you're around. Hot air. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, like working here in the summers of Los Angeles, I mean, dude, it can hit a hundred degrees plus outside yeah. when you're in that suit. Yeah. Which I actually very much appreciate that I've had to go through that because now if I'm on set yes. trying to do like a stunt job, they're like, okay, can you do costume work? I'm like, yeah, totally. Like I'll be able to handle it. Yeah. It's definitely not for everybody. Like yeah. I'm at that point now in my career where I don't even like prosthetics anymore. Like right. I can't even imagine a hundred pound suit. Like I'd be like, nah, not even dude. Like here, here's a list of new people <laughs> that need the experience. Yep. <laughs> Contact Kyle. Yeah, exactly, bro. Oh, that is super crazy, man. Wow. I had no idea that it was that heavy. Good to know. I have a, a, a newfound respect for them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's super dope, dude. And now, um, I've also seen like, and, and now correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I saw that you actually got into SAG and I believe it was from a shoot for Ultimate Tag. Yeah. But what's crazy is the poster is your body and <laughs> someone else's head on your body. Yep. Yeah. So it was actually super cool. Now it's kind of coming full circle with like me being on World Chase Tag. Uh, I ended up working on basically the full run of Ultimate Tag, but as a tester. Ah, so that's cool. something else I do a ton. I've tested on Ninja Warrior, and that's what I did like in those middle years. I wasn't competing on Ninja Warrior. I would actually go out and like test for them. I've tested on like Titan Games. I've tested on Broken Skull Challenge, Million Dollar Mile. That's how I first yes. met Eric 3 Run. Totally. Yep. So I've tested all these different shows, and um, now I came to test World, or Ultimate Tag. Okay. And basically the challenge producer there really loved me. I've worked with him before. He was like, yo, like I'm going to hook you up and get you your uh, basically Taff Hartley into SAG AFTRA. Yeah. So they brought me on to the promo shoot. And did the whole promo shoot and actually ended up with my body across a giant billboard, but not my face, of course. <laughs> Whose face did they put on you? Uh, it was one of the competitors, uh, okay. Derek uh, like Aspen, I think. It was. Just like a competitor competitor. Not yeah, yeah, one of the actual competitors wow. on Ultimate Tag. They just slapped my face or their face <laughs> on it. <laughs> so I was like, sick, my body is up there, but you know, only like five people know it's actually me. Dude, only in Hollywood, man. Yeah. Yep. It's literally like the perfect Hollywood story of how you got into the union is like, I know you can't even really use that photo of yourself. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like amazing. Yeah. But I mean, I'm totally cool with it because it got me into SAG and there's so many people who have such a difficult time getting into the union. So I'm just, I'm just psyched to be able to get into the union and actually start doing real work. Hell yeah. No, that's super cool, man. And so like, just for those that are like curious into like what a day in your life looks like, like how often are you training these days? Obviously things are a little unique with like the COVID situation and a lot of gyms being closed, but uh, how often are you training and like what like facets of training are you putting in during these times? Yeah. So like you said, COVID's a little bit weird. So my focus has gotten a lot more towards like specifically training and getting ready. So I've been doing a ton, a ton of parkour lately just okay. because that's what really I have access to. Uh, but pre-COVID, all of my training really went to split between rock climbing, parkour, and then actually Ninja Warrior training. So those are my basically three pillars of becoming the best ninja warrior athlete that i can be okay. um and now that i have world world chase tag and hopefully i can continue competing and doing that so i'll probably do sprints ninja warrior rock climbing and parkour as well and that'll be kind of my game plan going forward as being hopefully a professional athlete 
crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy right now with these COVID times and stuff like that. They're like literally half of the uh, facilities that all of us train at, especially here in Los Angeles, uh, are just completely shut down right now. So I've been seeing you guys out there training. Uh, yeah. And what's funny is like, I, I feel like half of the team of Hollywood Freerunners are guys that you're out training with on the weekends already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is kind of cool though, because like, I feel like it's good to have that like team rapport. I feel like some of the teams are just kind of like thrown together. Yeah. And so it's cool that you have like, you know, somewhat of a pre-existing relationship with each of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it was totally cool. I mean, I wouldn't be there without like Omar and Miguel and everyone bringing us together. So I'm really glad I got together with the Los Angeles parkour community. And those guys are freaking amazing. They push me so hard, like for the past probably like five weeks that I've been training with them. It's like my my level has gone so far up because they're pushing it every single Saturday. I'm like, dude, what are you guys doing? Like at the end of the week and every single week, like I'm literally gimping around because like I went so hard on Saturday and Sunday. Totally, man. No, it's so surreal to see. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that I'll get to join you guys in the near future. I'm like recovering from an injury, but like I'm itching to get back out there with you guys. And stuff, yeah. so it'll be fun. 100%. Hell yeah. I'm itching to get back to work too. <laughs> <laughs> dude, tell me about it. Um, so with that being said, man like just as someone that's competed on multiple shows from like you know ultimate beast master to ninja warrior to now world chase tag uh, what advice would you have for kids that are like looking to get into this uh, i guess area of of movement and and sports i guess for lack of a better term like what advice would you give to like a kid who's like maybe back home in minnesota right now and kind of wants to do what you're doing yeah, I mean, if you want to do what I'm doing, just do every single sport that you like. <laughs> but in all reality, like, if you want to get into whatever sports you want to get in, just find whichever ones you have passions for and just pursue your passion. And if it's parkour, go out, jump around, have fun with it, do flips. If it's Ninja Warrior, there's probably a Ninja Warrior gym somewhere around you because just about every metropolitan area in the country at this point has a Ninja Warrior gym, and totally. it's an incredible sport to get into. I absolutely love it, obviously. If it's climbing you want to get into, go to a climbing gym, but, I mean, just find what you're passionate about and do it, because, like, you're not going to level up unless, like, you truly are passionate about it. Yeah. 100%. I think that's great advice. And I think more than anything, the coolest thing about this episode is that we do have a lot of guys on here who's like strictly foundation was, you know, either tricking or was yep. parkour. Uh, and it's cool to hear that like someone like yourself has like had a crossover where you've just done, you know, just a ton of random numerous sports that have like built this like skill set, but you still allowed you to like excel at like a really high level. So I think it'll yeah. be inspiring to kids out there. I, I sure hope so. <laughs> I want to keep inspiring myself to keep doing cooler stuff. Heck yeah. And now for those people that are interested in watching World Chase Tag, where can they go to find out more about the TV schedule and stuff like that? Because I know it's kind of like spread out on like random dates and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Where can they go to learn more about like the actual airings of the episodes? Yep. So the airing first episode is November 12th, but um, actually finding out the full schedule, go on to worldchasetag.com, I believe, Perfect. and they should have their full schedule there and uh, I believe they'll be putting it on their YouTube afterwards, too. Oh, dope. Okay. Yeah. So that'll be cool for everyone. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure not everyone has access to NBC Sports, I guess, depending yep. on your cable package. So. Right. And what I actually found out, too, is they're doing a full-on, like, World Chase Tag Day. I believe it's December 23rd, where they're doing just straight-up 10 hours of, like, World Chase Tag on NBCSN. Because at that point, everything will have been released. So right. It'll make right, sense. Right, exactly. Perfect. And 
you guys will have to stay tuned and see who wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, yo, so before we get out of here, there's one question I always ask everyone, and uh, just to get your own perspective on it. Yeah. Uh, where do you see yourself five years from now, and then where do you see yourself ten years from now? Yes. If you don't mind, I'm actually going to pull out Dude. my 1, 5, and 10 board on Trello. Oh, uh, this yep. is this is awesome, bro. This is a Jamcast first, which is Ooh. dope. Yeah, no one's actually done this. So. Okay. Well, I love it because yeah. I'm a very big fan of just putting stuff out there and Same. seeing what comes back. I've actually had a long conversation with Diddy, the manager of yeah. our team and how that everything just ends up coming around full circle. So my one year goal before 2020 is over is I want to get back to investing every single month because yeah. COVID's kind of killed me financially. Totally so great. I want to get back to a point where I'm actually having a consistent income coming in and being able to invest consistently. Uh, I want to get five stunt jobs before 2020 is over. I want to buy one more property that we didn't even get into this. That's I'm cool. a real estate investor as well. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yep. So, so crazy. I want to get more property by the end of 2020 and 10, thousand on insta because i've been just under it i want to get that swipe up feature <laughs> it's crucial dog it helps with the brand deals i know 100 <laughs> percent. Uh, i want to work a full run of the show on a show or a feature film by the end of 2021 i want to have four properties total by the end of 2021 and also want to work on lucifer because <laughs> i love that show and i want to be a part of making it awesome so Glad I've been working on my fights. <laughs> uh, Five-year goal, I uh, want to have 10 properties total, 1x for Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling. Oh. I fit their looks, so if anyone out there has the hookup, let me know. Probably at that point, looking into getting married, having kiddos. Okay. I have a wonderful girlfriend. She's in med school, so I'm trying to beat her to be more successful. <laughs> yes, right? I know how that goes, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then start traveling, doing all that fun stuff, maybe having like a private training warehouse somewhere, wherever I'm at. Dope. 10-year uh, goal, be basically financially free and just kind of doing whatever I want to do. And I'll probably at that point be just doing whatever stunt jobs that I want to be doing and then still of course amassing my real estate portfolio of and of course having my miniature australian shepherd ah, which is my dream puppy no way <laughs> yep. that is dope dude and more than anything i just think like i said it's a jam cast first for someone to actually like come on here and have it written out um yeah. which is super funny because i'm someone that's like super systematic like that too and i always like lay out my game plans and uh as a result of it, I feel like I've always been able to accomplish them because I like put it out there in the universe and it's not like I just have these random thought bubbles that are bouncing around. Like yeah. I feel like to actually like put it down, you have like a plan of action to attack and uh, you'll probably go after it now. Dude, I know. And I mean, it obviously works. I'm literally sitting right here because my one year plan had Jamcast on it, but now I got to swipe that off. Dude. So thank you so much for having me. I'm so psyched to be here. Hell yeah, man. That is, that's so awesome, man. And, and like I said, just to even be a part of that, like one year goal is super cool. And and it was already going to happen, like, before I even saw you. So it's like, it's it's meant to be. Put it on the universe and it'll happen. So. Yep, 100% agree. Hell yeah, man. Well, I appreciate your time. And more than anything, like, thanks for coming on here and giving us some insight into World Chase Tag and stuff like that. I know a lot of people will be interested in watching what happens. I know that I'm going to watch every single week, and I can't wait to see what happens in the results. Um, and so with that being said, can you, like, look in that camera and let people yep. know where they can follow you and stay up to date with your journey? Yeah, so basically you can Google me, Kyle Soderman. You'll find a ton of stuff. But if you actually want to follow me basically day by day, week by week, best spot is probably going to be Instagram, so at Minnesoderman. And then TikTok, at Kyle Soderman. And I just made a Twitter. So feel free to follow me there, at Minnesoderman, too. Perfect. 
Yo, guys, as always, please be sure to hit that like button, comment, subscribe for brand new episodes each and every week. Join us every Monday for Jam Breakdowns and every Friday for brand new Jamcast, interviewing influential members of the movement community like Mr. Kyle Soderman himself. So with that being said, guys, I got to give one more special shout out to our guest this week. Thanks for coming through. Thank you, dude. I'm so psyched to be here. I appreciate this. Hell yeah. And as always, guys, coming at you, coming through, I'm your host, Travis Wong. Thanks for joining us here on another Jamcast. Until next time, we'll see you all soon. Peace. Peace.